This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing on this Friday? We made it through a week of shows on the new network, and uh, I think it went pretty smooth overall. Yeah, it uh, it went smooth. There are little bugs here and there, but that's okay. It's uh, to be expected with our show, and uh, whew, I am tired today, but we'll get through this because you know why? Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Let's roll. <laughs> Well, the good news is, that even though you probably have to work at your normal job tomorrow, you get to sleep in a little bit, so uh, recharge those batteries. A whole lot of sleep, but a little recharge. Yeah, every little bit helps. Uh, I always look forward to Saturday when, uh, you know, I get up so early to, you know, start prepping for the show and put the show together and then, you know, uh, obviously uh, be live on air. But uh, come Saturday, oh, I love sleeping in. Nothing no, like sleeping, sleeping in is a good thing. Thanks. I mean, don't really know what that is, but all right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's kick off today's show the way we do each and every day with a question from my co-host while he looks for his uh, earbud or something that he dropped. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tony, going to ask you to put your hypothetical hat on again. Say you are a news anchor at a major uh, news network and, uh, you know, sort of like Ron Burgundy. What sort of things could you do that would get you fired? Oh, well, reading the teleprompter. If you legit read everything, you curse on air. Uh, if you say anything that's offensive, uh, controversial, um, it, there's so many avenues. You see it all the time. It, a lot of tweets. People put out tweets from the past or current that's something that really affects somebody. Uh, in a hurtful or mean manner, that's been getting a lot of people in a lot of hot water. So there you go. There's a handful of them. Yeah, fair enough. But I'm enough. curious to see where this one's going to go. <laughs> well, I picked this one out just for you, Tony. When Adam Sandler's recent Netflix movie, Hubie Halloween, started production in Massachusetts last year, it provided jobs to dozens of local actors. As it turns out, the film also cost a local news anchor her job. Elena Pinto, a former morning anchor for WHDH Channel 7 in News Boston, in News Boston, <laughs> News in Boston, announced on Twitter Thursday morning that she was terminated by the station due to a contract violation for appearing in the movie. 
She said, hi friends, I have some news to share. Earlier this week, I was let go from 7 News. I'm posting this because I want to be open and honest with all of you. Last year, I I participated in a cameo in the recently released Netflix movie by Adam Sandler, Hubie Halloween. In doing so, I mistakenly violated my contract with the station, and I understand why management unfortunately chose to terminate me. I'm deeply disappointed and saddened, and I uh, hoped this would not be how things evolved. Thanks to my wonderful 7 News viewers, and my supportive and great colleagues at the station. Reporting the news to you every morning was an honor and a privilege. Station management did not return a request for comment regarding Pinto's termination. In Hubie Halloween, which uh, hit Netflix earlier this month, Pinto plays a news anchor for the fictional Channel Channel 4 Morning News and its morning show, Wake Up Boston. In the scene, she discusses Salem's upcoming Halloween festivities and jokes with fellow female news station employees who have all chosen to dress up like DC Comics character Harley Quinn for Halloween. I understand why she lost the job, but uh, losing the job over that terrible movie, probably not worth it. No, I bet Sandler or Happy Madison Productions will probably do something for her. And I'm sure she'll land on her feet. Uh, There'll be another station local that'll probably want to sign her at some point, if she was a good anchor. Um I read that article last night, too, and I was just like, for what? I'm, all she did was play a news report. It's not like she used her real name or something, but and I guess if it's in the contract, it's in the contract. It's the fine print. Yeah, it's not like she made her work look bad by, by doing this. I mean, she's a news anchor who, you know. Yeah, and it she wasn't, wasn't dressed like, you know, slutty or offensive. I mean, she was just like Harley Quinn. Like, what's... There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And actually, that was probably one of the jokes in the movie that actually did pay off. You know, it was funny that yeah. they were all dressed like Harley Quinn. Other than that, uh, at, at <laughs> Halloween, <laughs> I think Adam Sandler's just too old at this point to pull off those weird, you know, child voices. Um, you know, his, his more recent movies where he plays a grown up adult. Much better than, than this oh, terrible Hey, KG, yeah, I got this rock for you, KG. <laughs> I, I, I do have to say that the saving grace of that movie was uh, Steve Buscemi's character. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was the, the only little, funny part of it. You know what's funny? There was a, uh, I watched a top ten, you know, uh, ties from uh, Hubie Halloween to previous Adam Sandler movies. He had a lot of throwbacks, and Steve Buscemi's character was actually a throwback to his Hotel Transylvania character. Oh, no kidding. werewolf. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. he voiced the werewolf in there, so there was a little tie-in. And then the crazy old lady at the end that uh, uh, said something about... Spoiler alert. No, I'm That just made kidding. her hella horny, that weird lady. Mm. That's the old lady from uh, Billy Madison that said if... If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Same lady. Same yeah. lady. I noticed that there were a lot of tie-ins. I didn't put those two together, though. Yep. Well, there folks, it is Friday. We have a wonderful show lined up for you today. As we do each and every Friday, we have good news, everyone. We like to take you into the weekend on an up note. We have a segment called Adult Jokes in Kids' Movies. Uh, love, love when they do that. Our call-in topic today is your real haunted house experience. We have the G-Man joining us later on with his matchups for NFL Week Six. We have this. He's day on his- fire! <laughs> Spoiler alert! We have this day in history, and Tony's up next with the entertainment news. Um, you know what? I forgot to play the Friday song. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the week. 
are looking forward to the weekend, but folks, not before we have to take a break. Uh, come back for entertainment news with Tony Sanfilippo. We'll see you guys in a few. Everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 16th. Now we have a thing called the Phoenix Line. It's a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. You can tell us how you're feeling. Uh, you can uh, reach out about any topic. Maybe you loved Hubie Halloween, and uh, we're just being... Yes, I do, because Halloween is among us. <laughs> All right. Thank to, you, Vicky Vanacorn. To get a hold of us on the Phoenix line, that number is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O, or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We will compile those together and put them out in a future show. Now it is the second segment of this show... That means Tony's here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is another entertainment edition of the Filippo Fast Five. Let's go! All right, so Halloween Kills was supposed to come out this Halloween. That was the latest in the Michael Myers uh, Halloween stories. Uh, well... No matter what, it will release in October 21, says Jason Bloom. So no matter what, it's coming out October 21. So you have to wait a year. Buck Rogers' movie is in development at Legendary Pictures. Uh, okay. <laughs> Chiefs. <laughs> it's kind of a slow day in the entertainment world, let me tell you. Uh, Chiefs signed Le'Veon Bell to one-year deal as the former Jets running back. Prioritizes winning. That's bad news for Broncos fans and Raiders fans. (laughs) You can't remix. That was a lot. lot. Remix. You can't see him because John Cena just got married to Shay. Oh, I'm gonna sit Filippo the heck out of her name. Sharia Tazedah in Tampa, Florida. All right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it is long, bro. It's but now it's just Shay Cena, so it doesn't matter. Um. And guess what? He's back. Conor McGregor says he'll fight Dustin Poirier in the UFC bout on January 23rd. Apparently he retired. I'm done. Well, he's back. And ding, ding, ding. Saint Dog of the Cottonmouth Kings. He's a rapper. Passed away at 44. Remember we saw Cottonmouth Kings at the Boarding for Boobs Festival in Tahoe? I do. They weren't the reason we went to that festival. No, we, we met Lincoln Park before they were big yep. at that festival in Static X. Yep, right. The POD right. was there. Yep. I remember it clearly because we were right outside a, a, a row of outhouses. Porta potties. Just chatting yep. with uh, Chester, Mike, and Joe. Yeah. Mr. That, Han. Yeah, that was random. That was fun. Had their autograph on the back of a Rob Arnie and Don card. That's right. I forgot about that's that. That's all I had, you know, back in the day. That's which. What you had, so I have their, their autographs on a piece of crap paper, but hey, hey. I got it. But anyways, that was your entertainment news right there. That was your, your Filippo 5. Now the actual entertainment news. 
um, to try to not make it all Star Wars and Disney related. Um, Adam McKay is uh, doing a new Netflix comedy called Don't Look Up. And he had set place in one, and he has put together one of the most star-studded casts in recent film history. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence has long been attached to the project. Deadline confirmed that the following actors are set to join her in this. Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Blanchett, Jonah Hill, Rob Morgan, Michelle Patel, Timothy Chalamet, Ariana, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, uh, or Kid Cudi, I guess. Yeah. Is, right? <laughs> Kid Cudi, yeah, it is, it's yeah. like Cudi. He uh, actually was in uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Matthew Perry and Tomer Sisley. McKay is writing and directing his follow-up to Vice. As previously reported, Don't Look Up will star Lawrence as a low-level astronomer who discovers along with her partner that a giant asteroid is heading toward Earth and will destroy it. The scientists embark on a tour around the country warning the population about its inevitable death. But people aren't so quick to believe them or care. Um... So the in February, THR report that the budget was around seventy five million, uh, but Netflix told IndieWire at the time that that number was not correct. I don't know why that was important, but uh, McKay said it's not a Step Brothers type comedy. I would compare it more between the Mike Judge stuff and Wag, Wag the Dog. A hard, funny satire is what we're going for. So doesn't say when it'll be released, but. Uh, Sounds like uh, for a Netflix movie, that's a huge win right there with a star-studded cast. Oh, totally. Uh, it's funny because whenever you say Adam McKay, I automatically think like uh, goofball comedies like Step Brothers. But recently, he's been making more serious movies, things like that. And then when you were reading the s- description, it sounded like a straight drama. Sounds like it'll be a little bit of a mix of uh, comedy and drama. Yeah, right in the middle there. Hey, worth the, checking out. Sweet satire, yeah. Especially if you it's ever on watch Netflix. The, you ever watch the show You on Netflix? No. The little stalker show? Nope. Well, you should. It's actually pretty entertaining. Anyway, season two left on a uh, kind of a cliffhanger, but, uh, well, not cliffhanger, but it just, you knew like a season three was coming. Well, okay. season three just added two new cast members um, to their drama. Um Shalita Grant will play Sherry, a mom influencer who appears down to earth but is actually a mean girl who only pretends to welcome love into her social circle. Love was his, uh, spoiler alert, that was his girl that he had. I I thought it was the concept of love. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, no. So if 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 you've never watched the show, maybe you want to just skip through this. I'll give you just a second. Okay. Um, so at the end, like he ends up with this girl. Like he was in the first season, he stalks one girl. The first season was way better than two. So the whole thing is about his obsession with one girl, and then she ends up dying because of him. And then he falls in love with another girl, but turns out she's just as crazy as him. They have a kid together. They move in. Well, now he has the urges for another girl next door. That's how that ends. Okay. So I don't know. And then Travis Van Winkle plays the wealthy Carrie who invites Joe, played by Penn Badgley, into his inner circle. So, uh, so many little circles. I can only imagine he is going to stalk the the neighbor. But if you're into that show, there you go. It's actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, just, Jesse watched it, at least the first season. I, you know, and I'd walk in and, and, and catch bits and pieces. I, it seemed a little too uh, Gossip Girl for me. And, yeah, yeah it's, not my it is a little Gossip Girl. Well, he's from Gossip Girl, I think. So That's that probably right. is why. Okay. All right. That makes sense. But, uh, but no, the first season, way better than two. Two kind of, eh. But part, this first season was good. 
Um, moving on to some Disney news. Lego Star Wars Holiday Special is announced. Um, Disney Plus um, announced the expanded voice cast for its Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, which is going to premiere for the streaming service this November. Um, Anthony Daniels, Billy D. Williams, and Kelly Marie Tran, uh, reprising C-3PO, Lando, and Rose Tico, have signed on to reprise their roles. Um, alongside Star Wars, the Clone Wars vets, Matt Lanter, who played Anakin, Tom Kane, who voiced Yoda and, and Qui-Gon, James Arnold Taylor, who, who did Obi-Wan's voice, and Dee Bradley Baker, who did the Clone Troopers. They will all voice in this holiday special it hits November 17th, the same day that the original Star Wars Holiday Special aired on CBS in 1978. Now, I wonder if they're going to bring back the original Holiday Special for Disney+, Plus because it was oh, terrible. It was awful, yeah. This looks to be a lot better than that. I don't know how much better, but it's got to be a little bit better, right? We'll see, I did yeah. see a bootleg version of the... Uh, holiday special on youtube Oof, not great not good and i'm a star wars geek and it just is not good speaking of geeking out to, for star wars stuff the mandalorian season three is going to fit begin filming before the end of this year uh mandalorian executive producer and showrunner john favreau has confirmed the production of season three of the popular disney plus star wars series is on track to begin before the end of the year a specific date was not revealed, though leading man Pedro Pascual is currently in Croatia. I can't read today. Croatia filming scenes for the 2021 action comedy. The unbearable weight of the massive talent alongside Nicolas Cage. That's what he's filming right now. Okay. Favreau also admitted the Mandalorian team are amendable and in the potential of a movie emerging from the Mandalorian universe. Though he stressed he's in no rush to see the show as anything but a streaming series for now. He did confirm that they will also do a season four. So Okay. Um all in that they're gonna do a three and four. So we got a lot more Mando coming. And that's exciting because we are what? Two weeks away. We are, yeah. From I'm tomorrow. Chomping two at the bit. Halloween. Actually two weeks from today. Two weeks from the day on the thirtieth. Nice. Right? Yeah. 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 So so here we go, Star Wars fans. And then well we got a minute minute and a uh, half. Yeah, you got man. And there's not a lot of birthdays, so let's see. We got one more. Um, Disney Investor is urging the company to move Marvel's Black Widow to streaming. So a top Disney investor wants the company to move its blockbuster potential, the twice-delayed Black Widow, to just bypass movie theaters and come straight to Disney+. Plus. Um, this comes days after the company announced a restructuring that would immediately shift its primary focus to Disney+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus, and Hulu platforms. Um, with the success of Mulan's $29.99 premiere access fee and Pixar's sold straight to streaming, they really want to get Black Widow out to just kind of get the ball rolling. And I think at this point, good idea. I agree. I wouldn't do it for all Marvel movies moving forward, but uh, no. at least for Black Widow, just with the timing of everything, uh, stop sitting on it. Go ahead and release it. Absolutely. And that's it for your entertainment news. Let's rush through the birthdays today. It's my birthday! All right, birthday kids. John Mayer, the dirty slut, is 42. Bryce Harper, who should have never left the Phillies, was, or should have never left the Nats for the Phillies. 28, Flea, 58, that damn needles. 
And Angela Lansbury is 95. Suzanne Summer, 74. Tim Robbins, 62. Happy birthday. Oh, Chad Gray of Mudvayne, 49. That's your celebrity birthdays today. Very cool. Well, that does it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it's good news, everyone. We're going to take you into the weekend on an up note. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 16th. Now, we are all over social media with many of you watching us right now on Facebook Live. If you want to get a hold of me on social media, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram at Christian Phoenix. Tony is available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O. Dot nine four or on Instagram at Tony.Sanfilippo81. Now it is Friday and something like we like to do every Friday and something we brought over from the old network is a thing called Good News, everyone. We like to take everybody into the weekend on an up note with inspiring stories about uh, people doing good things uh, for good reasons. And so uh, there's a lot of bad news out there, but in this case, it's all good news, everyone. So I'm going to go ahead and kick things off. Says after his son was mocked and insulted with homophobic slurs during a school dance performance, Dad Greg Long, uh, Dad Greg Long, that's his last name, <laughs> Dad Greg Long, <laughs> took action, but not in an angry way. Long established a nonprofit organization aimed at en- eliminating bullying and supporting dancers who are in financial need. Long's son, who has been dancing competitively since he was six years old, was 14 at the time. In a new episode of Dad's Got This, hosted by today's Craig Melvin, the father-son duo talked about how the negative experience set them on a unique path. Long said, some of the students were saying derogatory comments and some slurs. Instead of getting upset about the reaction to his son's performance, Long let let it inspire him. Again, he said, I got to listen to how eight or nine or 12 year olds process that kind of bigotry and homophobia. Instead of getting angry, I decided to make a t-shirt for them. And I came up with, hey, we're just going to dance on. We're just going to move this past. No, we're going to move past this. I'm a little dyslexic today. Now the hashtag dance on nonprofit has sold thousands of shirts and created scholarships that go directly to dancers in need of financial aid. The organization also hosts master classes and events with professional male dancers who often share their own stories of being bullied growing up and choreographs conceptual dance videos that amplify the hashtag DanceOn's message of acceptance and tolerance. In 2018, Jimmy spoke about the organization's anti-bullying method before former First Lady Michelle Obama took the stage to launch the book tour for her memoir, Becoming. Jimmy's father said, I lost it. I admittedly had tears coming down my face because the strength that it takes for somebody like that to stand in front of 20,000 people and say... I've been bullied, and I'm not going to let it stop me from what I like to do. It was a proud moment. Long said that the experience of watching his son develop resilience while following his passion has been humbling above all else. 
He said, it's been nice to be a part of this as opposed to just being a dad who claps very loudly in the back of the auditorium. I definitely couldn't have done this without my dad, Jimmy said. He helped me realize a lot of important lessons like stay true to yourself, and he is just super supportive. So uh, just, you know, a great dad supporting his son uh, for what his son loves to do, you know, regardless of, of, of what that may be. You know, unless you're Dexter's dad, uh, you know, supporting uh, a serial killer. Yeah, My- Harry was not a good influence. Dexter, you got to control your urges. What will you do? <laughs> but in this I guess case, you better chop them up and throw them in the lake on a little slice of heaven boat you drive. <laughs> but in this case, I would say that it is good news, everyone. How about you, Tone? What is your good news? Oh, good news, everyone. So in The Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, a.k.a. the child, has a habit of popping up in places where grown men fear to tread and facing danger head on with a wisdom beyond his years. Perhaps it was outsized courage of the demissive Disney hero that inspired one big hearted little boy to tap the foot tall green toddler from a galaxy far away from a perilous but crucial assignment. When Carver and his grandmother, Sasha Tinning, were put together, supplies to send to the first responders battling California's latest outbreak of wildfires, the five-year-old spotted a solitary plush toy, Baby Yoda, sitting on the shelf. When he truly understood the exhausting emotion toll tirelessly fighting the devastating infernos was taking on fire crews, the five-year-old's course of action was immediately clear. That's because, like Baby Yoda, Carver is wise beyond his years. I have always wanted to help and uplift anybody that's around me, and this really was a bright spot in a dark time I wanted to share with everybody, he told KSAT. Along with his grandmother's help and a handwritten note that read, Thank you, firefighters. Here's a friend for you in case you get lonely. Love, Carver. Carver sent Baby Yoda on a mission of comfort and care to the front lines. Sporting a jaunty stars and stripe headband, the alien mascot has since traveled to the sites of numerous West Coast hotspots, bringing solace to the brave women and men battling the blazes there. Highlights and exploits have been chronicled on his own Baby Yoda Firefights Facebook page. So after the show, you can check that out. Um, While Star Wars fans may be most familiar with Yoda's famous refrain, a Jedi strength flows from the Force, the astute Jedi Master also believed truly wonderful the mind of a child is. One thing we know for certain, the Force is strong with Carver. That's awesome. That's and I ha- stuff. I've and noticed- it is cute. There's a little, a bunch of little pictures of the firefighters posing uh, with Baby Yoda all over the fires during like little breaks and stuff like that. So very cool. And it's neat to, that uh, this young man or young little kid. It's just cool that he's so young that he gets it. Yeah. You know, and I have no doubt that, you know, Disney does this all the time, that when they catch wind of a story like this, I halfway expect uh, John Favreau to reach out to him or Pedro Pascal or uh, uh, Ewan McGregor, you know, folks from the Star Wars universe uh, to, you know, come back with uh, words of encouragement and support and, uh, you know, really uh, take advantage of what he's been doing with uh, a symbol like baby yoda right it's just so cool just awesome to see things especially you know when they're so young and instead of him being like oh i want baby yoda for myself and being selfless yeah well he pulled a selfless act and gave it instead of selfish yeah well not that it would be selfish to want it yourself there's nothing wrong with that but 
the selfless act in its own is, is just awesome. Right. And he gave it to people who are being selfless themselves. I mean, these firefighters are out there working really long hours and putting their lives in danger to try and stop almost the unstoppable. I mean, these, these wildfires have been just going out of control and, and uh, it, it's terrifying. But, you know, every little bit of hope like this Baby Yoda and what uh, Little Carver is doing is, uh, in my book, good news, everyone. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, we love doing these stories. We we love the feedback on, uh, you know, people hearing the the good that's coming out of the world when there's so much negativity, especially at this time in, uh, you know, with what we're dealing with. So in any case, right. folks, that does it for another edition of Good News, Everyone. When we come back, we have adult jokes and kids movies. You won't want to miss it. Come on back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back. This is the fourth segment, final segment of the first hour. We still have plenty of show ahead. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 16th. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the shows, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well. Or head over to wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way, you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now, yeah, I, want, it is. <laughs> I wanted to apologize every to everybody uh, on that uh, last break. Uh, we got out of the segment a little bit early. There was about uh, 20 seconds of uh, dead air between uh, the end of the segment and the commercial because, well, uh, the system hadn't loaded up the commercial breaks yet. So uh, we had to wait the 20 seconds until it loaded it. But uh, in any case, you know, that's all the joys of uh, moving to a new network, working with a new system. But we're working out the bugs, and uh, we'll, we'll keep things as smooth as possible. Now, this segment, I wanted to talk about adult jokes and kids' movies. Uh, it was probably when I was a teenager that I realized that uh, in movies like Ghostbuster, uh, all of the innuendo that uh, came out of it, from uh, the gatekeeper and the keymaster to uh, basically when Ray Stance is uh, laying in bed and the uh, ghost is hovering over him and uh, his belt buckle starts to uh, come out. As a kid, I had no idea what it and meant. He, and he makes that face, the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, as a kid, I'm like, what, what the hell was that? As an adult, you get it. Exactly. It was kind of like the lady yesterday that had sex with ghosts. Right. right? Yeah. 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 She, was, she was Mrs. Stance. <laughs> now... Uh, you know, movies like that, obviously, they had a lot of uh, adult humor in uh, family-friendly comedies. But kids' movies, when we were younger and growing up, really didn't have that. It wasn't really until Pixar came along and, like, Shrek and, and sort of the new wave of CGI movies that kids' movies were written for both adults and kids. And so the kids can laugh at the kids' stuff, and then adults can 
laugh at the adult stuff. And so wanted to run down a list of uh, adult jokes in kids' movies, something that if you're watching with the kids, you can watch out for, or you may have missed on the first go-around. Uh, Tony, for you, is there anything that sort of sticks out as far as uh, you know something you may have seen as a kid that uh, just went over your head, and then uh, as an adult, you were like, oh, I get it now. Uh, well, just the... Just the joke, really, like as a as the famous one, like which I'm not gonna say it, but there is a joke, an adult joke that my mom taught me as a kid that I didn't get till I was older. The Kermit has joke. To do with Kermit, you know, Kermit the Frog. Um, if you know me, you can ask me. I'm not gonna do it on the air because it's not really appropriate. We have little ones watching. Um, it's gonna go over their heads. So, uh, but as far as movies go, uh, there's a lot of. Uh, old ones you can go back and just be like wow there's a lot of sexual innuendo in there and they were like PG you know PG movies right. so yeah there's a ton of them well here's a, a more recent example for instance uh, the Lego Batman movie you were just talking about Lego Star Wars well uh, Bruce Wayne and uh, Dick Grayson are walking through the party where they uh, meet each other and uh, Dick says my name's Richard Grayson but all the kids <laughs> at the orphanage call me Dick to which uh, Bruce Wayne replies, well, children can be cruel. Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that is a good one. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. You know, Mrs. Doubtfire was a wholesome movie starring Robin Williams. Well, uh, you know, there's a few moments in the movie, but specifically when Mrs. Doubtfire is trying to intimidate Pierce Brosnan's character and make him uncomfortable at dinner. Mrs. Doubtfire keeps saying things like how he needs to be up for a bit of cunning linguistics and how he'll be up against a bit of competition in the bedroom as Sally Field's character has got her own personal jackhammer. Definitely all stuff that went way over our heads as a kid and that we picked wow. up later upon rewatching. Dang, I, I, I haven't gone back and watched that movie in a long time, but... Uh... Wow. <laughs> now, can you think of a more wholesome kids movie than Cars? You know, my boys grew up on, on the Cars movies. They loved them. But there were a few uh, adult jokes in there that were, were perfect for us and uh, obviously went way over the heads of the kids. Uh, one coming to mind is when uh, the two little Miata twins, they flash their high beams. <laughs> uh, there you go. There's a good one. And um, One... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was again, what I was going to say is there's a sort of a blink and you miss it moment where uh, at the trucks, truck stop, where it's the uh, top down truck stop, there's a little sign along the bottom that says all convertible waitresses. Meaning they're taking right, those tops down. Go. Disney's no stranger to a lot of those uh, dirty dirties. Oh. Like when we were kids, there was the priest in uh, Little Mermaid. Yep. Dearly beloved. And he popped the Woodrow. <laughs> Yeah, but those yep. were snuck in. Those weren't done on purpose, like these are. <laughs> yeah, of course. There's the uh, the um, Little Mermaid box art that uh, had oh, to have yeah. been recalled, the, and the special Dick uh, Rich, Richard Grayson there, Dick Grayson. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Dick Grayson. Moving on, uh, I mentioned you know one of the first movies to really start incorporating adult humor with kids' humor is Shrek. Um, so many in there, but uh, when Shrek and Donkey are looking up at Lord Farquaad's castle, Shrek says, do you think maybe he's compensating for something? And gives a little chuckle and nudge toward Donkey. Of course, if you're a kid, that doesn't make any sense. If you are an adult, 
it's basically the same as uh, you know somebody driving around a, a giant lifted monster truck. Oh yeah, Lord Farquaad. <laughs> play the movie. Yeah, play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- those were good movies, though. I think they got a little long in the tooth by what the fourth or fifth or sixth one. Well, I don't know how many they have. I thought they only did. F- Is there only four? I think it's I four. Know. I think yeah. I kind of fell out of it after that. I think I watched the third. I don't know. I remember. There was one when I know we were on a cruise and you weren't feeling good and you watched one. Yeah, I forget I which, one which one it was. was. But <laughs> Well, moving on with uh, adult jokes in, in kids' movies. Uh, Toy Story 2, at the end of the movie, after Jesse performs a stunt to open the door, Buzz gets excited and his wings pop out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I caught that one. Even as a young, <laughs> as a younger teenager, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that, that one was pretty easy to pick up uh, if you're a certain age or above. Uh, how about Ratatouille? This one was subtle, but uh, and I didn't even know until I read through the list. So when Linguini is trying to admit to Colette that Remy is helping him under his hat, he says, I've got a little tiny... And then for a split second, she looks down at uh, his lower region. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. I didn't. I haven't seen Ratatouille, so I don't know that one. You haven't seen it? Oh, that's a no, fun one. No, never seen it. Yeah. And there's there's a little gift that shows it here, and we'll post it up onto our Facebook page. So uh, if you guys want to review these or, or go back, uh, you certainly can at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. There was uh there was one in Aladdin too. There was that uh, when the genie is singing Prince Ali and they're doing the march. It says, "I thought the earth wasn't supposed to move until the honeymoon," which is just a reference of that. Uh, uh, there's some good stuff, you know. Yep, uh, Beauty and the Beast from 1991. Uh, when Beast decides he wants to do something for Belle, he doesn't know what. Cogsworth says, "Oh, there's the usual flowers, chocolates, promises you don't intend to keep." That's more just of a uh, adult relationship humor than uh, sexual innuendo. Yeah, I was seeing too it Frozen the, in the first one uh, when Kristoff is with uh, Anna. She says he's like foot size. She goes foot size doesn't matter. <laughs> eh, it's gonna go over your head if you're a kid. Exactly, and foot yeah. size doesn't matter. Foot size doesn't matter. Uh, okay. What about the live action remake of Scooby Doo from 2002, where Shaggy's sitting on a like <laughs> Shaggy's sitting on a plane next to a gorgeous blonde who he takes an interest in, and she says, "I'm Mary Jane." To which Shaggy replies, "That's my favorite name." <laughs> like like Scoob, no one's gonna know we like to smoke pot. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's always. Uh, uh, hinted at that uh, Shaggy especially is, you know, the stoner of the group. And Shaggy so, is a hella stoner, dude. Even as a little kid in the car, in the new one, Scoop, little dude be eating sandwiches for days. Little stoner. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with being a stoner, but Shag was a stoner, dude. I wonder if Scooby Snacks are a uh, euphemism for edibles. Yeah, and I wonder if Shaggy's a euphemism for rugs. Uh, st- stroke the furry wall. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, adult jokes and kids' movies. You had uh, the live-action remake of How the Grinch Stole Christmas from the year 2000. There's literally a swingers party happening when they're all putting their keys in a bucket. Uh, this person said, I asked my mom about it when I saw it in fourth grade, and she said, oh, they're putting their keys away because they're drinking and shouldn't drive home. That made sense to me until a few years ago. 
<laughs> I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that one either, but wow, uh, something's going down in Whoville. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you're when you're rewatching uh, here, you know, in the in the Christmas holiday, something to to keep in mind. All right, moving on with parties, <laughs> adult humor, and kids movies. Uh, the movie Mulan, not the live action remake that was just released, but the uh, 1998 animated feature. So there's quite a few in this movie, but specifically when they're singing A Girl Worth Fighting For. The whole song has a bunch of innuendos, and all of the guys even sing, You can guess what we have missed the most since we went off to war. I can guess what they missed most. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of stuff. It's funny. Lacey just sent me one, too. Uh, There was a Breaking Bad reference uh, in Zootopia. The sheep was making the uh, blue meth, but obviously something else in the movie. That's right. Not really sexual, but uh, definitely adult-orientated that would go over (laughs) a kid's head. And there is a Zootopia one on the list, which I think we're going to get to here in just a second. But uh, next up on the list is a movie that uh, we talked about earlier in the week, uh, Hocus Pocus from 1993. You have uh, the bus driver who stops for the Sanderson sisters, and uh, the door opens, and uh, Bette Midler says, We desire children, to which the bus driver replies, It may take me a couple tries, but I don't think that'll be a problem. (laughs) He he wants to give them children the old-fashioned way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. All right. Uh, We just mentioned it. Zootopia for 2016. uh, Sort of an underrated uh, Disney movie. Uh, I liked it. I did, too. Fun one to watch. Um, The the bunny is writing a ticket, and she says, uh, I mean, I'm just a dumb bunny, but we are good at multiplying. And she doesn't mean math. No. (laughs) Like rabbits. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of rabbits... One of my favorite movies growing up, Who Framed Roger Rabbit from 1988. <laughs> Eddie says to Dolores, you go downtown to the courthouse and check the probate. Roger replies, yeah, check the probate. Why, my Uncle Thumper had a problem with his probate, and he had to take these big pills and drink lots of water. Eddie says, not prostate, you idiot, probate. <laughs> Again, little things that, uh, as a kid, you have no idea what it means, but... Uh, they're funny as an adult. Yeah. All right. A movie that uh, we've mentioned many times does not hold up whatsoever. Space Jam from 1996. Patrick Ewing is on the couch at a psychiatrist's office explaining how all his basketball ball, <coughs> excuse me basketball skills are gone. And he says something like, I can't perform. Then the psychiatrist asks him if he's suffering any other performance issues. Ewing sits up and indignantly says, no. And the psychiatrist says, just asking, my sons were like, what's so funny when I was laughing? Oh, this was the person who wrote it. Uh, What's so funny when I was laughing? They were truly too young to understand that Patrick Ewing didn't have those types of performance issues. And then finally, in Frozen 2, you have uh, at the end when Anna is made queen and Kristoff is all dressed up. And she says that he looks nice, but that she prefers him in leather little bondage joke for you there so <laughs> something i i didn't quite pick up but uh, no no I, I i didn't catch that either there's a lot of those on that list that i totally until you're re-triggering man it makes me want to look up some just to look for uh, other movies oh absolutely well folks that does it for the end of the first hour stay tuned when we come back we have our call-in topic of real haunted house experiences we'll see you guys after the long break 
in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, last uh, hour on a Friday, how you holding up? Ah, feeling good, man. It's it's going great. It's been a fun, fast hour and uh, still feeling like a gangster. Nice, nice. Always good. Yeah, always well, good. Folks, <laughs> this is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners chiming in on our facebook page head over to the live video on facebook.com for slash christian phoenix radio that's christian with a k phoenix with an f radio of course with an r and uh, as we have been doing with the call-in topics in this new setup we are giving you guys the call-in topic the day before or today we'll give you the call-in topic for monday so you guys can call in chime in and uh leave the message at your convenience as opposed to this one 15 minute segment that you have to be available at uh, again that number to call is the phoenix line 855 phoenix radio that's 855 f-e-n-i-x r-d-o or 855-336-4973 now before we get to you guys Let's talk about us a little bit. Tony, I know you lived in a haunted house uh, when you were married for a little bit. What are some of the experiences mm-hmm. you had there? Oh, gosh. You know, it's, this is kind of probably creepier at night. It's kind of lengthy. I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'll trim it. <clears throat> but uh, I used to see like this blurry image off the corner of my eye. Um, we had like a tri-level house. Okay. In our bedroom, if, you, if you're picturing, I, this is the couch if you see where I'm sitting. And then off the corner of my eye, you can see the like, bedroom. I used to think my ex-wife was standing there because I used to get home late from work. And like, I'd sit there and play Call of Duty. That was my thing at the time. And she'd stare at me. you know, like She had done that many times. So I'd always just think it was her. Um, and one time I was just like, oh, I'll be right up, babe. And I looked up. And it wasn't her, Nobody's but I had there. seen something. And I was like, okay, that's that's weird. No big deal. So another night, I saw it again. And uh, I was like, what the hell do I keep seeing? So I, you know, I'd never told, you know, Cass about it or nothing like that. I just kind of brushed it off like I'm just tired. I'm seeing things. Just in case and, it's all uh, in your head. Yeah, exactly. So I never shared that story with her or anything. And then... Um, it was one night we were watching uh, Walking Dead together, and uh, we had two Shiba Inus, uh, Shadow and Vanilla. Um, one night they had went, um, and they were growling at this. They went up and were growling at this spot where I would see this blurry image. And uh, I, I look, and Cassie hits me on the shoulder, and she's like, do you, 
do you do you see that? And I'm like, oh, good. You, it's not just me. I'm not crazy because I saw it again. Where that blurry thing was, I saw it again, and the dogs were right there growling at it. And but Cass had seen it too, so that confirmed I wasn't nuts because I felt like I was just tired and seeing things. Um, so yeah, man, that confirmed that we had something. It was just this weird blur. And it wouldn't hover long, but it was enough for the dogs to acknowledge myself. Oh man! And then after we were going through divorce, and I was still in the house, um, I had moved to the guest room, and I had both dogs in the bed with me, and I heard the scratching at Ooh. the door. Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, well, crap! I got both dogs here, and, and she was out with the grimace. They were out, you know, at McDonald's chasing the hamburger or whatever." <laughs> and <laughs> a couple fried guys. And but it was, but it scared the hell out of me because I'm, I'm like, I got the two dogs with me, and outside you hear this, like on the floor. Like a little kid, like this is gonna save me. I take the damn blanket and I cover, and the dogs are like cuddled by me. So it's like a Scooby Doo episode, you know. I'm shaggy, you were like school, you know. Like, it, and then what was worse is the scratch. Would, and I'm not making this up. On that, I did not go to check the door. I'm not stupid. I've seen enough horror movies. You don't go check it, right? And that scratch went from the door along the bathroom wall. So the bathroom wall is over here. Oh, you and could just went along. You could visibly you could hear the see scratch. Oh, you could hear it, but you I couldn't see it. Okay. Yeah. You don't see nothing, but you hear this as if like whatever's dragging their nail along the wall right there. So uh, that house had some bad juju and I'm telling you, I had some bad feelings. Even when I'd go down to our basement, I'd get that uneasy feeling like somebody was right Uneasy. Love the house. It was a beautiful house, but definitely had some crazy ass experiences there. So that is terrible. And yes, I told Lacey and Mike that when we went up uh, to Estes for that overnight Halloween thing. Mm. Scared the crap out of them. But that is a legit true story that really happened. And whew, can't explain it. I'm but, telling you, I don't yeah. know what it was. Oh, I know what it was. It was a good, 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 good ghost. No! Yeah, it was freaky, man. <laughs> Definitely uneasy feeling. So, well, luckily it never harmed you. It never did anything to you. You didn't wake up with uh, weird handshake bruises on your body. So, uh, uh, if anything, it was just trying to get you to leave, which you ultimately did. So, and ultimately, yeah, we left. Yeah, that's <laughs> Raji's house now. <laughs> well, folks. As I mentioned, it is the interactive portion of the show. We are getting ready to head into our break. When we come back, we want to hear from you about your real haunted house experiences. I've got a few to share myself, and I've got some stories as backup. So, folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 16th. We are smack dab in the middle of our 
call-in topic or chime-in topic, whatever you may want to call it, we are talking about your haunted house experiences. Now, uh, folks, feel free to chime in on our Facebook comments section over at the live video on facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. We... It's funny, I just lost my train of thought because I was thinking about my haunted house experience. And trying to figure out which one to talk about first. So the first one is, you know, we lived in Southern California in Thousand Oaks and it was a track house. It was a fairly new build. I don't think it was built on any sort of Indian graveyards or anything along those lines, but there was certainly something in the house. Very similar to your situation, Tony. You would see something out of the corner of your eye. Uh, It felt like it was like a little girl that was there. You would just pick up and catch. Um, I was in elementary school at the time, so fifth, sixth grade. And uh, I'd be doing homework and doing, you know, just working away. And uh, my TV would come come on out of nowhere or my radio would come on out of nowhere. And uh, it, it was more than likely a friendly ghost because, you know, when it would come on, I'd say, you know, come on, I'm, I'm trying to study. And then it would turn off. And so it would respond to things that you were doing. And uh, so while I never felt really in danger at any point, you always knew something was there. And, uh, you know, you never saw it face on. And, and like you mentioned, Tone, it was always something just sort of, sort of out of the corner of your eye. And then there were enough things that happened around the house to make it uh, spooky, but not terrifying. Crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. That's, but I like the fact that you're like, hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to study. Okay. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Burn, you don't want to watch Transformers? Screw you. <laughs> a little, I'll see what Alex is doing. <laughs> little girl probably just wanted to watch Jem and. Yeah, she did. She's, I don't know why she talks like this. a real good girl voice. <laughs> Would she smoke meth? <laughs> Maybe that's why she was dead. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, homie. (laughs) And then the other one that comes to mind is one that didn't happen to me directly. Uh, We were actually in the process of moving from Minnesota to New York. And my parents uh, had gone out to New York uh, with my brother. And uh, we were looking in the small town of Warwick. Well, there weren't any hotels there, but there was this place called the Chateau. And the Chateau was an old uh, 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 Revolutionary War uh, mansion that had been converted into a bed and breakfast but because it was in the middle of the winter they had shut it down so nobody was there but the realtor had a connection with uh, the owner and so they said you know what we'll open it up you guys can stay there uh, during your stay well my parents uh, got in there and uh, got in pretty late and uh, as they started settling in they would hear footsteps walking around and obviously houses settle and they make sounds but these were clear as day footsteps the other thing is, uh, you know, my mom would be unpacking in the bedroom and the water in the faucet turns on in the, uh, in the bathroom. She thought that was strange. So she walked in, she turned it off, walked back into the bedroom, and the water started running again. So she called my dad in, they both walked in, they closed the faucet, cinched it down nice and tight, and as they're standing there watching it, the faucet handle starts turning in front of them and water starts coming out. 
that one gave me some goosebumps. <laughs> Needless to be cold, but it could be a little creepy. Yep. Needless to say, they only stayed that one night. Uh, they found uh, other room situation uh, after that. I and I wouldn't stick around for much longer after. No, that. my gosh, that is freaky, man. That's uh, you. You know, your mom had comment when I posted that yesterday for people that drop stories, and she goes, "Oh wait," she goes, "Christian will tell you a story about it. Let he'll tell you all about it." <laughs> she calls you Chris, like I do. But, yeah. Um, nonetheless, to actually hear that is definitely. These are the stories I love hearing, man. It's just like, it just also goes to, you know, like you're able to share a story, you know, your parents are. I've had one. Um, Lacey's story was from like yesterday, you know, just the creepy vibes at the uh, Stanley and her and Inga took that picture and the little girl's face, like a like blurred face of this girl appeared between them. Mm. I mean, they didn't see it until they went through pictures. Then it was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, and it goes to show that, uh, you know, there's more out there in the world than we understand. You know, uh, yeah. some chalk it up to religion, some chalk it up to, um, uh, you know, the metaphysical. But uh, ultimately, you know, it's things that exist in the universe that uh, we as humans just can't contemplate yet or can't quantify. And so, uh, you know, it's fun to make uh, stories around it and, uh, you know, sort of add to the, the fictionalized fun of what it could be. Speaking of yeah. which, and Tony, I don't know if you've got anybody who's chimed in on your side. No, I was going to say, if I, I was just checking just to see if I did. I have got nothing. I mean, I have another one that happened, but you were about to say something. So I don't want to oh, I was that. just going to start going through a list of some of the uh, more haunted houses oh, okay. uh, in the U.S. But uh, before we get to that, let's go ahead and hear your story. Yeah, so when I moved out for the first time, I lived on Northgate Lane, that one where they ended up putting that freeway bridge over. Mm-hmm. I lived with Andrew Nixon and Skylar Angelini, and we moved out in this little house, and we just rented it. Um, well, we set it up, and uh, I remember, again, <laughs> I was with Cass. I mean, we were just boyfriend-girlfriend. And she went to Mr. Carson High that night. Like, I don't know why they had that thing, but remember they used to I be do Mr. Remember that. Carson High. Uh, I was never Mr. Carson High. Me neither. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I was home by myself. Andrew was working and uh, Skylar was at work too. It was just me at the house and I decided, you know, I'm going to take a nap. Cass was going to go to Mr. Carson High. When she comes back, we were going to go on a date. Was laying on, I was laying in the bed and out of nowhere, you know, got the eyes shut, my light turns on. Like the bedroom light. My door shut. Bedroom light turns on, and I'm just like, you know, goosebumps. And I got up, shut it off, but um, the switch popped up. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, that was weird. I don't know what that was. And then um, but, uh, the next day, I'm, I'm home alone again. There's a knock on my bedroom door, so I go to open it, and I heard somebody walking in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was Skylar and Andrew. I open it up. Skylar's not home. Andrew's not home. Nobody's in the house. Like, and you know, because at first it's like, well, that's weird. I'm like, haha, you guys are funny, you know, messing with me. But it creeped. But then all of a sudden, I got this really uneasy, like hard to breathe feeling, where it was like. It feels weird. Like, it's yeah. hard to breathe. So there was, like, some weird feeling. So I, I went and saw my my, my sister. We, we went and had lunch or something. But then the next day, I didn't tell any of the guys this. And Skylar's like, hey, dude, were you knocking on my bedroom door the other <laughs> night? And I go, oh, 
I go, that was you. And he goes, what are you talking about? So I told him my story. He goes, no, dude, I was home. Somebody knocked on my door, and I checked. It wasn't you. It wasn't Andrew. And he goes, it freaked me out because I heard somebody walking in the hallway. So we had that experience in that house, but it was cool, weird because, again, he had the same experience that I had. Mm -hmm. We never saw anything. And those were the only two experiences I had there. But, uh, yeah. Wow. Well, uh Again, you don't you don't know if it's uh, a friendly ghost, if it's mal- uh, I want to say Melissa I'm just glad this thing hasn't followed me because I thought <laughs> that again when uh, you know the first story I told, I thought like maybe like there was a bad spirit that just followed me, you know, because there are stories of that where they'll you know if you open something or you come across them, it follows you around. So that's a poltergeist tone. If that's the case, yeah. uh, we got to yeah. get you an old priest <laughs> no, and a no, young I've priest. I've had uh, I'll knock on some wood right there. There is been no experiences in my town home with that thank god <laughs> that's good uh stacy <laughs> yeah. chimed in uh she mentioned you know as as well we know her uh, husband passed away in the house and it was mm-hmm. bad there for a while she said one morning a blue glass was chucked across her kitchen and shattered into a million pieces after i told him to leave that's terrifying stace that's creepy Woo. <laughs> I don't know what I would do if something flew across the room. I, I, don't, I don't know what I would do. Right. It's one thing for a TV to turn on or a, a faucet to open up a little bit, but for something to fly across the room, see ya. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like <laughs> earlier at the beginning of this show. <laughs> I don't know if we were on break. I think it was on break. That bird that just flew into your window. Yeah. That had to scare the crap out of you. <laughs> it did. Yeah. So in my in my home office here, I, I look out a window at the you know out into the front yard, and I, I'm sitting here just working on something during the break, and just out of the corner of my eye, I see something fly into the window and just this loud thud. Uh, apparently, a bird decided it wanted to try and get in. Didn't realize the window was there and uh, hit the window pretty hard. So now I'm probably going to be haunted by the ghost of that bird. Christian, <laughs> I want like a phoenix. Ah. Why? Picture of a little bird doing that. Exactly. <laughs> Stacy, you'd be Mrs. Carson High, not Mr. Carson High. Right. <laughs> hey, in this day and age, you never know. <laughs> well, in any case, folks, that does it for our topic of your real haunted house experiences. When we come back, the G-Man is going to be joining us, running down his NFL Week 6 picks. Don't miss it. He is on a roll with his winning record. Folks, we'll see you guys in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 16th. Now, we mentioned it a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on any topic whatsoever. For instance, maybe you want to share your real haunted house experience, or you want to call in for our Monday call-in topic, which is going to be the worst scary movie of all time. I think Tony and I share the same one there, so uh, 
there's a lot of bad ones out there. There's a few good ones, but for the majority, there's bad ones. But what's the worst one? You can chime in on that Phoenix line. That's 855-PHOENIX-RADIO, 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O, or 855-336-4973. We will put those together and put them out in a future show. Now, if you guys are watching, you recognize a familiar face. It is the G-Man who's here with his Week 6 NFL picks. I've got just one question for you guys. Are you ready for some football? Yeah, I'm ready for some football. Now, uh, G-Man, you went 3-0 and last week. You're 9-3 and overall, so you're killing it. Folks, if you're listening to this and you are not betting on these picks, well, you're losing money. You're losing out. G-Man's winning big with his picks. So, uh, yeah, we've got a rundown of a three more picks for this week. Let's start off with our wild card matchup. Panthers versus Bears. Where do you stand on that, G-Man? Um, this week, I'm going with the Panthers. Yeah, I've been watching them pretty close. Uh, for the last three weeks. Uh, in the beginning of the year, once a team, you know, they start out 0-2, and, and there's kind of like a put-up-or-shut-up moment for all football teams that find themselves in this position. I don't think anybody in the league has come out uh, after an 0-2 start like the Panthers. They're definitely at the top of the heap as far as that goes. And then looking at the Bears, of course, I picked them at home last uh, last week against the uh, the the Colts was that last week was that last week I don't anyway, know I, I don't follow was, the Bears so either last week or two <laughs> weeks ago I was starting to lose track with all these games but um but yeah they uh, they actually didn't come through and so I saw a couple of weaknesses um I think as always Chicago's offense uh, you know can stall at any time exactly when you yeah. think about like who is the big playmaker on Chicago and everybody's just like <laughs> you got yeah, you got Montgomery yeah. at running back. That's about all I can think of off the top you of know? my head right now. Well, right. And, and their record and of then, four and one doesn't really translate to how the team is overall. Uh, those four wins were more lucky wins than anything else. Uh, the Bears, yes, exactly, yeah. because there's at least two games that they could ha- could have or probably should have lost. So that being said. You know, that pick right there, uh, one and a half points, which is basically a field goal. Um, and they're at home, and they're on a roll. They, they've been doing this without Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. yeah. Which is a statement in itself. Oh, Mike Davis has stepped uh, right up in that role. He's been killing it in the fantasy world. So for running back step up, I mean, that's a huge piece right there. Absolutely. And now- if something does happen where he goes down again, it's not only somebody that you know that you're going to have confidence in, but if uh, the rookie contract runs out, man, this guy is, is making himself a payday already. Absolutely. Yeah, and even if he doesn't stick with uh, the Panthers, he's going to be the prime running back for another team that needs it. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to our marquee matchup. We've got uh, Brady versus Rodgers. <clears throat> you're taking the Packers, negative one versus the Bucks. Yeah, I think the line actually started with the Bucks minus one, if I'm not mistaken. And so the smart money has been going over to the Packers. And same type of thing. Didn't quite know what was going to happen to the, the Packers this year and LaFleur's second year as a head coach. And they, how can you do any better? You know, they start out with a divisional game on the road and pull that out. And uh, they, when I look at the two teams, 
especially the big key here to me is the Packers are coming off of a bye. Right. And so they've had literally two weeks to prepare for this one game. It includes all the tape study. They were probably watching the game of the Bucks last week. And uh, just that little nudge right there, you know, I think is, is going to prevail. They're both one and one. So from a competitive standpoint also, you know, you know, Aaron's just the younger guy. His yeah. skill set is still there, I think. <laughs> and um, just the defense comparison between the two, the Bucks have gotten in holes early on this year. And if they do that against the Packers, I don't think Tom Brady, it's not going to be a Tom Brady comeback this year. It's funny. And so since it's just a point, if, it, if I go up to the board, if it's minus one, I buy the hook and move on. It's funny. You don't hear uh, Rodgers being the younger guy too often, but uh, next to Brady, yeah. <laughs> he next certainly Brady. is. And, well, uh, and Rodgers is having such a stellar year too. I mean, just making, making all kinds of plays with people that you would never even think about it. Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, Brady's looking more and more impressive as, uh, you know, the weeks go on. Uh, you know, he's starting to jive a little bit better with, uh, you know, the rest of his, his offense. And it was actually the Bears against the Bucks last week. So that's, uh, they just narrowly lost to the Bears last week. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and that's one, again, I, I was surprised. That's who it was. So they, they played, it was a Thursday night game, right? It was. That's what threw me off. And so a few days, you know, five days before that, that's when the Colts-Chicago uh, game was. So. Yeah, and so both teams are going to be fairly well-rested. Uh, you know, even though uh, Bucks aren't coming off of bye week, they come off of a longer week having played on Thursday. Yep, absolutely. All right. And, and on the other side, you know, as far as the coach goes, I would probably give the nod to, to Bruce Arians. Uh, I am a, you know, I love Bruce Arians. He's really, really good. Um, I love just the way it started out, and he wasn't afraid to give Tom Brady any crap. <laughs> yeah, like he didn't just kiss his ass. He basically just said, "Hey, I don't care who you are, you need to play." Yeah, it was sort yeah, of he, a, scr- he screwed up. He knew it. Yeah, it was sort of a shape up or ship out type moment. And uh, you know, if you you look at Brady's performance over the following weeks. He's been doing better and better. All right. Minus just forgot the fourth down thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is <laughs> yeah. strange for him. That was yeah. unbelievable, man. That was weird. That was weird. And you know what? I <laughs> I just have to say something. When it comes down to chastisement for Tom Brady. Um, he grew up where I, uh, Sarah High School. He played Sarah High School just a, a mile from where I was living when I was playing ball called the San Mateo. So uh, the fact that he doesn't shake Nick Foles' hand what's up with that dude what's yeah. up yeah that that's not a I goat mean, move you have kids and you're like showing your kids like some bad sportsmanship there so you know he's he's got knocked down a few notches you know just because of that act right there well yeah man you gotta definitely show that sportsmanship did you see like herbert at the end with breeze like they embraced and then he like drew breeze took a picture with them they smiled at the camera they were shaking hands and you know, and I thought that was really classy of Breeze. You know, what a showdown that was on Monday night. That was fantastic. And with Tony and I yeah. being Broncos fans, we're not the biggest Brady fans to begin with. And uh, while he is impressive to watch, uh, he's never quite sat right uh, you know, in our minds just being fans of the Broncos. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm, admitted, I'm admittedly a little biased. You know, my college coach uh, was Tom Brady's mentor, uh, Tom Martinez in the uh, Hall of Fame, you know, College Hall oh, of Fame. Oh, very cool. You know, so I have some, you know, again, I've been watching Brady too, and how could you six Super Bowls? I mean, love him or, or hate him, you know, you got to just tip your hat to him. 
Um, but this, Fantastic. I guess, has left a super, super sour taste in my mouth about the way that he's conducting himself. He just, he just comes off like a sniveling little whiny baby that if he doesn't win, you know, he wants to take his ball and go home. <laughs> Maybe it's too much, you know, too many nights sleeping with a supermodel. I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. have any <laughs> reference to that. <laughs> you mean you can't relate? That's odd. Come on. Well, I do, I do have a supermodel, but she just hasn't been in the magazines. Good save. Good save. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to our best bet matchup, Colts versus Bengals. Both teams coming off of... Uh, Big losses uh, last week. Colts allowed 32 points against the Browns of all team. Uh, you're giving uh, Colts uh, minus 7.5 versus the Bengals. Yeah, which admittedly, um, this makes me the most nervous because uh, philosophically, you know, when it gets to a touchdown or over, I'm really kind of reluctant to even looking at those games, you know, but really just, just breaking it down again. The Colts are getting ready to go into a bye. So this week, like in all, all locker rooms, the coaches are like, hey, you guys, whatever the record is, we want to go into this, obviously, on a winning record. Who wants two weeks of the taste of a loss in your mouths while we're you know, going through you know, the bye week? So there's super extra preparation mentally, physically. And so that being combined with the fact that they're playing the Bengals, you know, with all the issues that they have, you know, there's obviously still a rebuilding team. <laughs> They've been and rebuilding for the last five play, years. <laughs> you know, one, three, and one. They pretty much know that, you know, it's not going to happen this year. And they're definitely in that growth mode. And in spite of the fact that I'm really reluctant laying seven and a half most of the time, this is one of those times where I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's comfortable enough knowing that Bengals team and, and how much of a mess they are right now. Yeah. So... To recap, we have our wild card matchup. You're taking uh, Panthers minus 1.5 versus the Bears. The marquee matchup, which is Packers minus one versus the Bucks. And best bet matchup is our Colts versus, uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> minus 7.5 versus the Bengals. G-Man, as always, we appreciate your time with us. Now, uh, go ahead and promote what you got going on. You and I and your bandmates actually recorded a thing for our new show, Phoenix Rising, for Seedless Tendency, uh, which debuts at 4 p.m. this afternoon. So uh, you guys can get more G-Man there. But uh, what else you got going on uh, with Seedless Tendency, Big Bongo Productions, and Music Mothership right now? Yeah, all those three, you know, are, are, of course, keep you a little bit busy in time. There's a little pocket of time, you know, it seems to get eaten up. The interview was a lot of fun. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we were kind of a litmus test, you know, coming out the shoot. And I felt a little bit strange because I didn't have my trademark goatee. You know, anytime singles <laughs> perform, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't show up without that. So, uh, but we're in the off season right now. So uh, G-Man, you know, the G-Man page, you know, just like we're doing here, you know, I've been kind of uh, just gravitating towards football and football picks and trying to develop some video content. And uh, Big Bongo Productions, of course, which is the arm of Seedless Tendency, video production, any kind of uh, film event management stuff that we do in the area. And as far as the band, uh, we have one more video uh, to produce with our remake of our song Rain. And we're working uh, with the Solace Tree. Uh, the song has to do with uh, suicide prevention. Uh, specifically, the song was written about teen suicide. And uh, we've talked a little bit about that before. So 
lots of stuff keeping the G-Men busy, you know, with family and, of course, uh, life in general. So just like you guys, you know, we keep on chugging away. Exactly. Well, folks, that does it for this week's edition of G-Man's Matchups. If you want more G-Man, uh, stay tuned at 4 p.m. for Phoenix Rising with Seedless Tendency. Folks, when we come back, it is the fourth and final segment, and it is time for This Day in History. Don't go anywhere. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Radio. Now back to the show. Well, we did it, folks. We made it to the final segment of the final show of the week. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 16th. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? James Hetfield just summoned the Stay Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. We are all doomed. Folks, while you are there... Oh, in trouble. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because why, Tone? Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring, especially on a Friday. Well, we care about you guys so much that we like to drop a little knowledge on you. Hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It's time for This Day in History. Christian Phoenix. Thank you, Siri. All right. On This Day in History, a name that comes up every once in a while. This day in 1813 was the Battle of Leipzig, the largest battle in Europe prior to World War I, where Napoleon's forces defeated or were defeated by Prussia, Austria, and Russia. And, uh, you know, how, how does he wash away his sorrows, Tone? With a big thing from the Piggly Wiggly. Excellent! <laughs> Gosh, give me some Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> Tina, you fat cow. How would we? It's funny, I was thinking back on it the other day. I don't think the Piggly Wiggly is what that trough is actually called in the movie. I know Farrell's yeah. was the ice cream shop, but I forget what the trough was called. Piggly Wiggly uh-huh. was a convenience store. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But he liked the Piggly Wiggly. He did. He did. But he just got a drink from there, I thought, though, right? No, remember he had that giant trough of ice cream that... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, th- that was Farrell's, but we digress. Moving on this day in 1847, Charlotte Bonte's book, Jane Eyre, is published. Tony, is that uh, in your library? Woo! <laughs> It is. It is. It's definitely. It's it's sitting right on the shelf, like right over here, uh, right next to my John Elway magic moment, <laughs> folks, right here. John A- like Elway, Jane Eyre. Yeah. The- Charlotte, you're radiant, Charlotte. <laughs> little little side tangent on John Elway. Have you seen uh, his latest uh, uh, pharmaceutical commercial? No. He oh has, my gosh. Yeah, we, we saw it the uh, last night, and it's something with his hands. I guess he had hand surgery, uh, but it's a condition that uh, sounded like something the Swedish chef would say. You know, I suffer from hurt de bert de Goethe. You know, 
Who did he knows? have his big teeth out the whole time? Oh yeah. Hey, yeah. hey guys, I had to hurt the dirt, the dirt. The, I'll <laughs> throw you a test. <laughs> the the screen went back and forth between his giant hands and his giant teeth. So uh, yeah, yeah, can't escape either one. All right, moving on. This day in 1859, abolitionist John Brown leads 21 in a raid on on the federal arsenal in Harper's Ferry, Virginia. Um, something you don't hear about much in the history books, but uh, yeah, something that's interesting nonetheless. Absolutely, and I apologize. They're blowing leaves again outside. It just kicked up again. It's the way it goes. It's live radio. Mm. Moving on this day in 1875, Brigham Young University is founded in Provo, Utah, after uh, LDS church founder Brigham Young. Well, that's uh, very good for him, man. He gets a woo. (laughs) Their uh, BYU, uh, their football program has been getting better and better in recent years. Yeah, they've actually had a good, they've got a good sports program. You hear a lot about them. Yeah. Uh, fun to watch, and football in general is fun to watch. But uh, yes, you know, when little is. teams start, uh, you know, getting up in, into the big lights, uh, you know, it, it's always sort of that underdog story that uh, you, gives you something to root for. Absolutely. All right. This day in 1916, Margaret Sanger opens the first birth control clinic in the U.S. at 46 Amboy Street in Brooklyn. Prior to that, uh, I assumed that it was um, much safer. I'm sorry, less safe to uh, practice birth control and, and, you know, certain things that had to be done and, uh, you know, good for her for providing a safe place for women to go. Absolutely. Good job. (laughs) This day in 1923, the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio is founded. I didn't realize that that is what it was before uh, Walt Disney sort of branched out on his own. No, I didn't either. Oh, we're going to call it the Disney Brothers Studio. <laughs> there you go, Oswald. You're going to do own. This day in 1938, Aaron Copeland and Eugene Loring's ballet, Billy the Kid, premieres in Chicago. I don't often associate Billy the Kid with ballet, but hey. He did time travel with Bill and Ted, so, you know, maybe he picked up ballet along the way. Could be. It's, it's, it's believable. Okay. Okay. We don't talk World War II much on here, mostly because it's just very depressing. But uh, here's something that is worth talking about. This day in 1946, 10 Nazi leaders are hanged as war criminals after Nuremberg war trials, including Wilhelm Keitel, Joachim von Ribbentrop, and Alfred Jodl. Jodl? I always thought it was funny when... uh, in movies, they say he will be hung by the neck until dead. Well, who's being sentenced to hung into the neck till mildly convenienced? Yeah, you're like, this just hurts. This just hurts now. Could, <laughs> could, could, could we undo? Be like, guys, you know, can, can we rethink this a little bit? Who knows? Yep. All right, Tony, I've been throwing authors at you all week to see if you know the book that they wrote. Here's the latest one. This day in 1950, the first edition of C.S. Lewis's book. Uh, I don't know. The Lion, the, the Witch, author. and the Wardrobe is released. Ooh, yes, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's correct. Oh, I have read that book as a young lad. Now, did you read any of the uh, follow-ups? Uh, Prince Caspian. Uh, I can't think of what the other ones are, but uh, there was a whole series of books uh, around the, the Chronicles of Narnia. 
Ah, uh, no. Can't say I have. Not that I remember, at least. Okay. All right. Those were fun, though. Those were fun reading as kids. Moving on this day in 1953, Fidel Castro is sentenced to 15 years in Havana. Um, obviously, he came back and retook power. And Didn't he die a couple of years ago? I think his he brother's did, in yeah. charge now, right? Havana, hoo la la. I've been banished to Havana. Havana, oh la la. Goodbye. <laughs> Speaking of Fidel Castro this day in 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis begins as JFK has shown photos confirming the presence of Soviet missiles in Cuba. That, I'm sure, was a terrifying time to live through. Oh, absolutely. I, that whole era where it was like everyone had a nuclear bomb and they were worried about nuclear war. Oh, geez. It was the, the, you hear about it now and it's still a scary thing, but it's not as you know threatened as much as it was back then because that you didn't know what it could do and it's like it's always scary always scary yeah Yeah, it's known as the cold war of course it wasn't like a a physical uh you know gun battle altercation but uh, a lot of stuff came out of that uh that were scary for the american people including uh the whole duck and cover campaign which i'm sure would have saved you at school from a (laughs) nuclear blast yeah. right when there's a nuclear blast kids you're gonna need to just go under your just desk duck okay? you're gonna just kiss your knees and then buck tuck your butt cheeks and kiss your ass goodbye because you're gone right carl <laughs> that's right we're about to blow ass here uh this day in 1984 desmond tutu the south african angelican archbishop wins his nobel peace prize good for him this day in 1985, Intel introduces the 32-bit 80386 microcomputer chip, which uh, by today's standards is slow. Very slow. Very, very slow. Slow. All right. And then finally, uh, in 1992 this day, the 1,700th edition of the David Letterman Show debuts. That's a lot of shows to do. I mean, we do five shows a week here, but uh, I couldn't imagine getting up to 1,700 shows. It's a lot to do, a lot to take in. Lots to take in. All right, let's run down some of today's holidays. Today is Global Cat Day. It's National Boss Day. National Cut Up Your Credit Card Day. National Department Store Day. Here's one for you. National Liqueur Day. National Mammograph Day. National Mm -hmm. Dictionary Day, National Learn a Word Day. I would assume that that's about the same as National Dictionary Day. Yeah, learn a word, man. Uh, World Spine Day. You know, you got to have some backbone. World Student Day, which uh, students right now are are not really appreciating uh, how that all is going. And uh, about as most general of a day as you can get, World Food Day. Food. Not a specific food. food, just food. So that's the way it rolls. But, uh, folks, that does it for our first week back. New network. We enjoyed it. Join us on Monday when we come back uh, for another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone.